Welcome to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Join us as we review our favorite RPGs, collectible card games, MMOs, video games, PC games, and bring up interesting topics and things that we'd like to share with everyone. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, assigned to Ragnarok Story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Onslaught, as it were. Doesn't Kurt always do that? He really does tend to like handle people before we finish them. You had to feed him a lot of which? Grief. Grief. They gave him grief because he gave him a Hello, darling. Yes. Quoi? Um, uh, no, not quite. No. Trust me. No, the bottom of the cup is more hidden than you realize. It's like an iceberg. (laughs) (laughs) I have TARDIS cups. (laughs) Everyone look at Matthew. Hello, Matthew. Hello. We love you. We actually do. We've been talking about you for the last 24 hours. And what a very, very accommodating, good, delightful, <laughs> young man you are. You're well, no thank you, actually. So ostensibly, oh my God, they gave me a microphone. <laughs> no, we know what to do with that, don't we? Has everyone seen me abuse microphones this weekend? No. No. Who knows who we are? Uh, A few of you know us, but some of you are new. Look, I like your purple ensemble, darling. What is your name? Katie. Katie. Please promise me you're 18 or over. More than promise. Thank you, because I very much like that purple ensemble. Now, do you like tea, darling? Very much. Oh, good. So I'm Madame Askew, and I do a number of things, but most of them revolve around tea and silliness and a great deal of innuendo. No, you're not ready to be finished, darling. <laughs> We're not fully steeped yet. 
quick. You've got to keep up with where my tongue is going. So, this delightful lady next to me is Mistress Margie. Hello. No last name. Don't ask. I promise she won't tell you. And she's from the DC office, but we don't know what the, it's the office of, or why she was sent here, or why she's following us about. But it happened after an untoward incident with a radioactive spider, exploding teapots, and untoward tentacles. <laughs> you know Actually, what? Thursday night. It was, yes, it was a Thursday. Sounds even better. <laughs> Friday involved wheels. It's much more exciting. Sounds like a college party. Or wait, now it's college night. It was a tea party. <laughs> Obviously. Right. I mean, that's the way we throw tea parties, isn't it, darling? Yes. Yes! <laughs> so, Mistress Margie and I are part of the temporal entourage, and we're basically, essentially, time-traveling tea fiends. Which means that we're looking for the best cuppa across the universe. And through space and time. We're happy to go across dimensions, too. I mean, we, oh, Alice. Hello. You've been to a few dimensions, haven't you, darling? And a few tea parties. Oh, more than a few, I think. I mean, sh I bet you know your tea. Now, I'd like a show of hands. I mean, both of them, because, really. Who likes tea here? Both hands. Both of them. Thank tea, you. Tea, Good. Tea. Oh, wait a minute. I see people who are hiding their hands. They're in the back. Everyone look. No, no, there's there's this couple here. They're oh. very charming. Everyone point. <laughs> you know, in France, I should tell you, that when you're at a dinner party, it's not considered polite to keep one hand under the table. Do you know why? They suspect what you're doing with that hand. And at tea parties in France, well, you could be going for the untoward cheese. The brie that no one expects. You know, I like a triple cream, really. I like triple cream. That's right. But so smooth. So rich. But I, you know, the thing is, though, at a tea party, you want to make sure that you put your brie with something else. Maybe something a little bit more pert and piquant and forthright, if you know what I mean. Today, which explains quite a lot. <laughs> However, I imbibed other things. Whiskey tea. Qua? Whiskey tea? Oh, whiskey tea. Yes, it's a Scottish tea. 
of tea is a fascinating subject, and we might actually be slightly edifying this evening. Some of what we say might actually be true. <laughs> and honestly, it's up to each of you to do your own internet foo and Googleify whatever we say. Should you run into an actual tea sommelier, or run to a tea house and proclaim to them, no, no, gunpowder green tea will make you go all night. <laughs> You should, you know, research that first. Coffee. Just co Oh, did you say the C word? Yep. What's your name? His name is Philistine. Oh, Philistine. <laughs> what that word? All right, Phil. From Overland. What does it say underneath that? Trout. Are you Overland trout? I mean, there's a lot I could say, say about journal. <laughs> oh, wait, why are journal. we talking journal? It says journal, not travel. Oh, thank heaven. <laughs> I'm wearing my mid-range glasses. <laughs> I had to guess. I mean, I was thinking about fish, and my brain was... Cods. Ooh, yes, cods. <laughs> so, um... It's a fish. So... It's a deep ocean fish. <laughs> Firm white flesh. It goes well with chips. Codfish. Hmm. You know, I had a conversation with a gentleman earlier that essentially, mostly what I think about is the word cod piece. Always? Frequently. So I dip my bag of Darjeeling in the middle of the semester, when I am relegated to nothing but the sweepings off the floor, stuffed into my bag of tea, deep, firm, but sweepings nonetheless. So it's just a quickie. It's not very satisfying. Quickly dipping in and out and in and out and hoping my tea will come to fruition. And all I can think about is how many gentlemen at this convention will wear card pieces. <laughs> I'm not sure I've seen a single one. Oh, I have. Oh, good. Yes, darling. Oh, no, I wear one more. Oh! <laughs> right oh, I thought you had a question or an answer or, you know, but I'm glad to hear. I like, no, I, I like card pieces. We are fond of them when we're, yeah. you know, I mean, now we make corsets, but we both make them. Uh, actually, card pieces. That is. <laughs> Once upon a time, for an organization that remain shall remain nameless, I was enjoined to make the card pieces pennants. <laughs> I once made a card piece upon which you could throw hoops. <laughs> it was for a competition, like a hoop throwing thing. Yes, darling. Twigs and berries. We are love twigs and berries. I heard they have a Godzilla-shaped codpiece. They do indeed. They do. Oh, how lovely. It decimated Tokyo. It did decimate Tokyo. Is that what the young people are calling it? <laughs> so, but tea. Tea. That most delightful of beverages. The champagne of the world. The in 
Strange fact, tea is the most popular beverage in the earth or on the earth. That's the proposition the we earth. use. Or is it preposition? Preposition, preposition is say hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Phil, could I provide you a proposition about tea? Maybe. Ma Matthew, can we proposition you with tea? Sure. That's the answer! That's the answer! Team astronomy! No, no, I said I was normal. How do you feel about propositions regarding tea? Thumbs up, thank you. So, team like astronomy and, and Matthew. Hello, Matthew. Hello. Hi. Understand the game, which is to say yes to the propositions about tea. Apparently. About tea. About tea. Okay. So, but we were talking about prepositions, weren't we? Yeah, on, in. In, on, on the earth. So, tea is in fact the most popular drink on the earth. And it's not just because the Chinese outpopulate everyone else right now. No. I mean, they've been working very hard at that, even with certain legal issues. Well, they've been at it for a very, very long time. They have. And actually, they've had access to tea for a very, very long time, extraordinarily long time. Time. And so the thing is that tea actually sort of originates in China, but in a broader, longer sense, originates from the entire lengthy coast of Southeast Asia, all of that property covered in tea. Who knows what tea is? Oh yeah, that's a good question. Do you even know what we're talking about? <laughs> okay, so so um tea. No, 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 raise, raise your hands again. Both hands, remember, we're French tonight. <laughs> okay, so Oh good job. This 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 what tallish gentleman with the glasses right in the middle here. Oh hello! What's you your name? What is it? Nicholas. That Nicholas. Hello, Nicholas. Tell How us are what you? Tea is. Well, I thought I knew what tea was. Well, tell us what you think tea is. Have we put you on the spot? Yes. He's not getting out of it either. Eves, you're deep in it now, Nicholas. Yeah. We're not going to let you go until you finish. He's steeped in it. He is steeped in it. I mean, there are all sorts of things you could say about what is tea. Is it merely a beverage that titillates and percolates and caffeinates? Yes, and exuberates a person in the morning. Does it keep you going all day into the night? Does it allow you to keep going through the night? It can relax and smooth. Good answer. Well, sometimes you want to smooth the way with tea. I mean, you don't always want a harsh finish when you're drinking tea. Yes. <laughs> now I know occasionally you do want a harsh finish when you're drinking tea, Mistress Margie. Only when I'm in the right mood. 
True. Sometimes that bite at the very end is yes. I mean, sometimes I just like to let my tea settle and sort of percolate until I'm ready to dive right in. But smoothing and easing the way, two thumbs up for that. Absolutely. We're big fans. Okay, so let me go ahead and ask a leading question. Is mint tea tea? No. No, it's a Tissane. Who said it was a Tissane? Hi, how are you? I've seen you a lot. Yes, I love you guys. Well, I love you, darling. That is a delightful, is it a scarf or a chapeau? It is a marvelous scarf. And I really love the delightful yoke on your ensemble. You're so welcome. So it is in fact, it is saying, which will not sort of, you know, invigorate the soul in the same way that a tea will. Because it has no caffeine in it. So tea? in the words of a fairly popular cartoon, is hot leaf juice, but that leaf has to come from the tea plant. Or the camellia with something with an S word There's at the Latin end. There's Latin involved. There's a lot of uh, Latin. But anyway, this camellia is not the camellia like we think of the camellia and the south kind of camellia. The southern United States camellia. It's a camellia that is sort of the camellia that they think of as the camellia in the southern part of Asia kind of camellia. That they call chai. Sometimes. <laughs> or cha. Cha in Malay, which is a variety of Chinese. Thank you. That was good. I mean, I'm, I'm pulling hard on it, if you know what I mean. And I think you do. Quoi? It's a long branch. It is a long branch. In fact, the camellia, that is the camellia in Southeast Asia, from which camellia plants, they derive tea. Eventually, I'll say camellia enough, it is funny. Um, actually can grow into a full tree. It doesn't just become a small bush that you can hold in your hand. Very it's like bush. a tree. A whole tree Bush. with branches. <laughs> and those branches are covered in little leaves. And those leaves are plucked gently, gently, gently by little delicate hands to end up dry for your pleasure. <laughs> After you reconstitute them <laughs> with warm liquid. <laughs> but first you dry them slowly, generally over some sort of fiery device. So you heat them and dry them at the same time, sort of preparing them. And sometimes you oxidize them. I'm not even sure how that's kinky. But I'm pretty sure if you're oxidizing things, it's exciting. It involves oxygen. I mean, I like oxygen. I use it all the time. It's how you die. Well, you do lay it out in the open. You spread it wide for everyone to see. Then you take those tea leaves and you gently roll them in your hand. Mm. It's hands-on. You make little furrows. 
soda, <laughs> cigar. Sometimes you make what's called a dragon's tongue. <gasps> That's with the oolong. Long. I mean oolong. It's nice in my mouth. <laughs> I love the way oolong is in my mouth. I find it is sort of subtle and satisfying. And the thing about oolong, it has a s ooh, round your lips when you say it. It's much better. I think. Yes. So the thing about oolong, though, is it has a special oxidation process. And they stop it just short of becoming like, I guess fully long, I'm not sure. <laughs> but from Oolong, you. <laughs> the emperors liked it. Well, we can't argue with the emperors of China, and they'll go to war with you. <laughs> it's so true. The thing about the emperors of China is they become wroth with you if you mess with their tea because they're very possessive of all of their tea. In fact, if you try and steal one of their bushes, they are all over you. <laughs> no. Sometimes they blast off with cannons. Some people enjoy that sort of thing. <laughs> Occasionally. I like a good cannon shot. <laughs> but the thing is, their cannons were a bit insufficient to meet the cannons of the British Empire when they came forth to bear their mighty, mighty need for tea. They just like delved into the delta of China. There's some ocean and then there's like a river that explodes into that ocean. And the Chinese thought, we'll protect our delta, as you do. And the British said, no, we are going to attack your delta. Yes, darling. They just took a very big plunge, didn't they? Such a large plunge. They brought their biggest cannons. And it, all of their balls. All of their balls! Oh, my goodness. The thing is, the English balls were much harder than the Chinese balls. <laughs> We do it 
enjoy you. I have a whole cup to pour all of this liquid in. And now your cup is full. My cup is full. I think I'll just suck it down again. <laughs> really? <laughs> Scotsman, I heard. Oh, so anyway, sneaking in Scotsman, as you do. Oh, I needed a drink after thinking about that. <laughs> so there was this delightful Scotsman, James Fortune. That's his real name. Can you believe it? Being born for such glory, such sneakery, such prowess in high, hard places as James, and getting the name Fortune in the boot. <laughs> he probably also had it monogrammed on his hankies. I hope he did. I hope he carried those hankies with him across the Himalayas with his band of Sherpas to go kidnap the Chinese bush. <laughs> I mean, tea bush. Obviously. Thank you. <laughs> Darling, you're so... Are you a ginger? Yes. <laughs> Good ginger action. I mean, I'm a fan of gingers. Just throwing that out there. So James climbed steadily over the Himalayas. And he sort of, you know, snuck in under the cover of darkness, probably, or under some covers, we're not sure. <laughs> and he abducted an innocent plant, a bush that had no desire beyond providing copious, copious quantities of liquid pleasure in its future. Or tea. <laughs> yes, yes. And this poor tea bush was shoved, nay jammed, nay manhandled, into a glass jar, which Mr. Fortune handled with some fortitude, I think, into his own large sack. <laughs> he put it on his back, probably. I mean, I assume it could have been a sporin, but that'd be a lot of bush in a sporin. <laughs> Actually, I don't think it fit, do you? A whole bush in a sporin. Well, it depends on the size of the sporin. That's true, some sporins are very large. But this was a large, hardy bush, one that was ready to produce for a long time. And Mr. Fortune jammed it into his jar collected it in, into his sack. That's a lot of intos, and I'm having trouble getting into it. Um, and <laughs> then he scampered again under cover of something across the Himalayas with his Sherpas into India, as you do. Did he take his sack undercover? <laughs> I'm fairly certain his sack was also undercover. The Himalayas are very cold. And oh, I would want my sack undercover. <laughs> you know, in that case, if I were James Fortune, I would definitely want to keep my sack warm and undercover. 
I'd want to insulate that sack, maybe hold it with both hands. That would make climbing and walking very difficult, I would imagine. The walking part is easy, but the climbing is very, very hard. Oh. Right, in the Himalayas, even. Well, you know, I understand that Scotland is very cold, but this is the Himalayas. I mean, I've been to Scotland in July, and I thought I would die from the cold, honestly. <laughs> I was so grateful for all of those delightful men blowing bagpipes. <laughs> yes! You know, I suspect that Mr. Fortune requested that in the utmost polite way of a Scotsman for them to take turns carrying his sack. <laughs> because when you're a Sherpa, it's nice to be asked, don't you think? I agree. What a delightful question. What's your name? Gabriel. Gabriel. And who is that delightful person on your arm? Catherine, you don't have to answer. It's all right. Giggle away. I mean, sometimes you practically vibrate with giggles, and that's all right. I've been there a time or two. You have. Everyone enjoys it. They do. I'm not sure why, but they talk a lot about robotics at the time.
So James and his sack. They made it all the way to India. And Gabriel, do you know what happened when he finally arrived in India? obviously, because he kidnapped said bush from China. And he understood that the bushes in China would get on rather well with the halls in India, as it were. But what he didn't stop to think about were all of the bushes in India. He rather ignored those bushes, didn't he? And all along... Because he preferred Chinese bushes. <laughs> I think he did. That cheeky Scotsman. <laughs> Do you think it was the kilt? I hear they have plaid in China, too. Actually, yes, they do. They have and plaid in, in China. What, in where? Hokkaido. Oh, that's Japan, right? Yes. Oh, they have tea also. They do. They're rather fond of their tea. They have a very long, slow process by which they provide it. 
There's a lot of like wrist action in that one, though. Oh yeah, it's like the, the, it's, it's it's whisking, whisking and frothing. Oh, the froth! And if you drink the froth, you don't drink you? the froth. Or do you wait for the liquid goodness? Oh, along with the liquid goodness, you don't wait for the froth to settle. No, you just swallow it off. You swallow it off. And so it goes with tea in Japan. You swallow it all. <laughs> and that is the polite way to handle Japanese tea. Swallow the froth. If your tea is very, very hot in Japan, you may slurp it. Oh, sort of sucking it down slowly. Well, and noisy. <laughs> noisy tea drinking in Japan. That's yeah, polite. Oh, please show us. <laughs> no, she's going to slurp. <laughs> I feel like I understand so much more about Japanese tea. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to do it again? I mean, later. Okay. All right. So, here he arrives in, in India, and the people of India are sort of bemused by all this planting of bush. I mean, they already have bush. They, they have many bushes. They're like, what's the Scotsman doing? What's he planting? He's planting a bush. Why is he in Darjeeling, for heaven's sake? Like, we don't even have a train station. All we have are like trees with long, hard branches. We're not keen on bush in Darjeeling. That's for Assam. But did Mr. Fortune ask them? No. Did any of the English ask them? No, because if the English, English don't ask, <laughs> then sometimes the Scotsmen are like, well, the English didn't ask. We've got kilts. Maybe we'll just swagger in there with our knees. <laughs> yeah, everyone look at Matthew. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. Your knees are delightful. And so nine, nine. scandalous. <laughs> so, and the toe! Look, oh, he showed us more knees. <laughs> Thank I, I you. That's a lot yeah, of uh, No, no, yeah, just, yes. yeah, what? Good, all right. So, but, but Mr. Fortune and the other members of the British Empire were so certain of the premacy of English and had no knowledge of this little thing called etymology. <coughs> and so they never stopped to ask themselves where the word tea had come from. They just embraced it that if you said tea loudly enough, everyone would know what bush they were talking about. They sort of went in guns blazing, full throttle, all of the force and a lot of loudness. I mean, it was full tea, really, right? And so they arrived in India, and they never stopped to consider what chai was, or the fact that cha was the word in Chinese, and that it had slowly, inevitably, made its languid way across Southeast Asia into the warm bosom 
of India, where it transformed from a little charbush into a mighty, mighty chai. A lot of spice and vanilla. Oh, I like the vanilla finish, really. So the English were like, oh, we want tea. We've gone to war. Cannons blazing. We kidnapped a bush. Kidnapped a bush. We've planted it in India. We've planted it in India. And we're going to grow our own tea now in India. And the Indians were like, all right, go ahead. We'll just take our song. Right, we call it chai. We put milk in it so it's creamy. And um, all the while, the British were busily growing Darjeeling and then taking it home and mingling it with all manner of other teas, as you do. I mean, sometimes you just want to move the tea around and blend it, feel it with your hands, sniff it, maybe, you know, swish it around in your mouth, see how it works. And it was a big should always try your tea before you take it. Oh, right, you know, don't just take your tea home and hope for the best. Give it a try. So, it turns out, though, all this time, as we know today, that chai actually meant tea in Hindu. And that the English just couldn't be bothered to study etymology because it hadn't been invented yet. I mean, eventually there was the Oxford Dictionary, and it elucidated a few things. But until that point, they were confused on the issue and they were growing all of their bush in Darjeeling and importing it for their pleasure back to London. I mean, they probably let the Scottish get a hold of a little bit of bush. I'm not really sure. What do you think? Matthew? Matthew? Possibly. Possibly. Well, if they didn't, there wouldn't be any production by now. That's a what, uh, well, they did need something warming and fortifying, and then it's nothing like the juice of a good bush to keep you fortified. <laughs> they just don't know what's coming next. Have we, like, bludgeoned them enough with the bush? I think so. We should move on to something firmer or different. I'm not really sure. What do you think, Mistress Margie? I think we've had enough bush. Hmm. Do you think they're ready for the bludgeon? I think they're ready for the bludgeon. All right, so, but that would be like <laughs> teaspoons, wouldn't it? I left mine in my room. You've left your teaspoons? What are we going to bludgeon them with? The holster was chafing. The holster I was chafing. I hate it when my holster chafes. <laughs> Alice, do you have a holster? No. No, so no chafing. What about you? Whoa. Gabriel, you're, you're wearing gauntlets or... What are those on your arms? Gauntlets. Gauntlets. They don't chafe, do they? Well, he has a sleeve underneath them. Oh, you wear a sleeve! I always recommend wearing a sleeve to avoid chafing. <laughs> it really helps with the protection. Well, she brought me a teacup. How delightful. <laughs> It does say Tesla Khan. All right, there we go. There, it's more, more subtle now. Maybe if I, like, wait. <laughs> I think you just have to, like, insert it more firmly. There you go. Voila! 
inserted more firmly. <laughs> Thank you. So here they are. They have their Darjeeling. And they don't know about their Assam. And they certainly don't know about the secret tea, the hidden tea, the tea the Russians have been pilfering all along from India under the very knees of the Scottish. Mr. Fortune thinks he's got, you know, a lock-in on the Darjeeling, but the Russians are sneaking in for the great game, if you will, and they're like, oh, tea? We like tea in Russia. We like to, you know, boil our own and add something sweet to it so it's more, you know, hardy and thick and lingering in the mouth. And so the Russians... What? They don't just add vodka? No, they actually add jam there to their tea. It's I mean, it's like quite an experience. Sticky. It is sticky. It's sticky tea. You know, you have to be careful not to spill that tea because it think it's on your hands. No. You really want to drink the tea, right? So you have to be careful how you handle that tea. And also, I have to admit, the Russian tea is very hot and served in very tall glasses with jam. It makes it thick. Yes, and fortified. So, but that tea is called Nilgiri, and it is also from India, and it's very rarely served in the United States because the Russians have hoarded all of the Nilgiri for themselves to make a big sticky cup of tea. Tall, long. Tall, long and sticky, as you do. Mm. <laughs> so there are three kinds of tea that are now local to India, but only two of them are native. Otherwise, tea really essentially comes from China and sort of spread out in the most glorious profusion from that place to go everywhere, kind of like a harlot. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it, I mean, with teas, hello, how are you? Now, do come in. We like everyone in here. We're just like, open it up, welcome them in. Your shirt is very red. Do you like tea? Yes, I do. Oh, good. You're good. in the right place. Yes, we're only talking about tea, nothing else whatsoever. <laughs> True words. Yeah? Yeah, and you know, everyone keeps their teacups here these days. You should try it, it's quite comfortable. So, Margie, you know something about the frothy tea of China. Why am I stealing your cup? I've got my own. But it's empty. So she kind of means Japan. <laughs> what did I say? China. It's close, you know, all us Orientals look alike. <laughs> you can say it, I most certainly cannot. Have you seen me? Yes, I've seen a lot of you. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, I believe last night you were hands deep in my tea kettle. <laughs> Elbows deep in your bustle. You and Tyrion, and the angry lemon wielders. 
the delightful lemons. Quoi? We like future lemons, blow people up with them. You know, that's actually a very good plan. And you see, there were these very short, angry dwarves from Mordor chasing me around with lemons yesterday. And I'm fairly certain if any lemon would explode, it would be those lemons. I mean, if you think about it, fire, ash, Sauron, growing lemons, does not sound helpful. <laughs> Qua? Or maybe they just need to be set on fire. Do you think we should ask questions? Are you guys ready to pelt us with questions? Oh, yes! Raise those hands! Show us the fingers! Yes, madam. Right, but now, Madam Chapeau, I'm watching you. You're glorious, I've got my eye on you. But right behind you is another lady. And trust me, I can take you both. So go ahead, Madam. <laughs> I Bush tea. Well, as a ginger, I really should know a thing or two about that, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> the thing about red bush is that it's not properly a tea bush. It is, in fact, a tea sane. It's a different plant. Oh, I abused it all up. It's dry. Oh, thank you. I'll take some of yours. And so it comes from Africa. But it is invigorating, even though it's not caffeinated. And even though it does not come from the camellia family of whatever that Latin word is that we can't be bothered to remember this evening because whiskey tea. <laughs> yes. Cassius? Send something. It sends something. There was a delightful young lady yesterday who could actually remember the Latin every time. Is she here? No. No, alas. Sensius. Sensius! Thank you, Overland Trout. You are delightful. <laughs> so the truth is, my darling creature, and I do love that choker you're wearing. Oh, how... Thank you. Are you wearing... Oh, look at that plaid. Now, go with panache, because we feel strongly about the efficacious effect of men in kilts providing tea. <laughs> For the entire empire. <laughs> I mean, really, I thank you. For the empire. For the empire. God save the queen. God save the queen. My goodness, I'm getting water and liquid everywhere. So, right, actually I know very little about red bush except that, I mean, it's red and delightful. That many people like to, you know, imbibe in it. But it's not properly tea. However, it does give you a bit of a high. And, you know, you can't have too much red bush is really what it boils down to. <laughs> It's not like tea. Tea gives you the jitters. Red bush just gets you going and keeps you there. Actually, with enough tea, you can become tea drunk. Oh, I love tea drunkery. 
I would like to get tea drunk, actually. I haven't done it in a while. No, true words, true words. You can get tea yes, drunk. You drink enough tea fast enough, you can get this like euphoric, invigorated, invincible feeling. It's, yes. it's actually really quite um, Western science, Western medicine hasn't decided if it's a true phenomena or if it's all in our heads, but we don't really care. Yeah, because sometimes, if it happens in my head, it's really not. And sometimes you want it in the head. First chapeau, because you're lovely. And then I'm going to get to you, mutton chops. All right, madam, you had your hand up. Yeah, you, you, you lovely girl. Well, they feel that way about the red bush, certainly, in Scotland. <laughs> I think it's something about the ginger populace. So I'm not surprised, or I wouldn't put it past the Scottish, to be the preeminent drinkers of tea in the world. Because really, when you're Scottish, you just go all the way. It's the kilt. However, I do not have the facts or figures in front of me. What I know is that the most tea in the world is produced in India these days. Even though China is larger, India just knows how to put it out. <laughs> I don't think that answers your question, but I hope it abused you. <coughs> also, you're lovely. All right. Yes, you. Now your euphoria tea. Yes. Of the tea? Well, it's just not an isolated phenomenon. No, no. No, no, no. no. It happens now, often. Use your Google foo. <coughs> you know, I read stories about fermenting the tea leaves that have gotten mold on them. Oh. The uh, well, that's kind of like organ poisoning, but no, it's not that. It's, it's like it, tr good tea, and I, I've never had this phenomenon off of the horrid word Lipton, but good no. tea in mass quantities. Will actually um, give me that whole euphoric, I can do everything um, feeling, not quite to the extent that it does Madame Askew. <laughs> but it is, it, it is actually a documented phenomena, just not documented by, you know, Western scholars with letters after their names. But I've documented it often. <laughs> yes. Can, can you give us more specifics about how much we have to drink and how fast? Well, it depends on the. Person like like the whiskey tea, different amounts affect different people at different levels. It's true. I find the Highland whiskey tea affects me very well, and that I quickly arrive at tea drunkenness with the Highland whiskey tea. But when it comes to sort of a Darjeeling tea, I think if I do like three pops in an hour, the triple effect sort of you know explodes within my veins, and the next thing you know, I'm transported to a new plane of existence. It's euphoric. Euphoric is a good word. But sometimes I forget what I'm saying <laughs> while that's happening, and people just have to bear with me and hold on for the <coughs> ride, really. I have actually worked with her under these conditions, and she'll look at me and she'll open her mouth and like, ah, comes out and that's it. And then I have to read her mind. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, because she does this, she goes, 
and then I have to read her mind. But usually I'm vibrating so hard at that point from the yeah, cat. just kind of vibrates off of her skin makes me freeze. You've unleashed monsters into this audience! Three of them! <laughs> Let's, let's, let's cut this off before it happens. No, too late. She's no, no. Noise. She'll pull it back. No. <laughs> We've many a D&D game where she can pull it back Both from this point. It's too late. Just let her go. You're just prolonging it now. Oh, just let it go. Let it go. They want to hear your titter anyway. Let it go. Oh, come on, Jocelyn. Just let <laughs> Now you can stop. And there's no poison going on until like... There you go. Just let it out. Let it out. Just relax and let it happen. Just relax and let it happen. Just kind of ride with it. Dragons and your wily ways and your big don't pipe. Forget, don't forget the wand in his hand. And the stick in his hand <laughs> with the big red knob on it. Qua? Your opinion on black tea? <laughs> well, black tea is strong and robust. <laughs> you go at great lengths to get it. But really, the thing is, I love it entirely. And I drink almost exclusively black tea. I'm a particular fan, if you couldn't tell, of Darjeeling, which is a fine black tea, though illicitly abducted from the bushes of China. And that tea has actually completely overwhelmed my system and filled every molecule of my being with its essence, you know, as you do with a cup of tea. What are your guys' views on green tea? Well, it's frothy. <laughs> <laughs> what? I actually happen to like a wide variety of green teas. My, my favorite at the moment is a blend called Genmaicha, which is green tea and roasted rice. Mm. It's, it's, it's very, like I said, it's my favorite at the moment. The green tea that's most commonly available is a sencha. Uh, but green tea comes, tea comes in so many varieties. I mean, it's not just Darjeeling. Yes. No. In fact, they're all the same leaf. Mm. It's just a matter of how you prepare it. Um, like, green tea isn't allowed to oxidize as much. It's roasted pretty fresh. Um, there's a white tea, which is the new, very, very, very new. Just the buds ready to go. Um, and that's very delicate and floral. And um, the, the, 
Yellow tea. Yellow tea. Which is like somewhere in between white and green. It's, all, it's pretty fresh, but it's a little bit more seasoned. It's a little grassy. Yeah, it sounds funny because we just talked about green tea, but it's a little more grassy. Or like hay. It, it's more like hay. It's like the spring, really. I feel like it's a, it, it tastes like spring. And then you go all the way to the other end in green teas where you have matcha, which is like the espresso of green teas. That punches you around the face, really. It does, and it's, it's quite astringent. So unless you like very strong tea-flavored teas, um, most, most people in this country like doctor it with milk and sugar and call it <gasps> green tea latte, what? and I don't like them. No, what? <laughs> what? Why? I like my green teas naked. I like my green tea naked, too. Why would you ever cover it up like that? Let it go. Let it be free. Let it just spread its wings and fly into your mouth. So we've actually been told that we are at time. There is yes. one more question. One more. Goodbye, Overland Trout. We love your card. Your card is amazing. Thank you for bringing it here tonight. What's yes. the best time to cook your tea? Oh, well. Well, you don't cook tea. Well, <laughs> you roast it at the beginning. To brew. To oh. brew. Oh, good. Good, you know, definition of terms there. And the, like. the short answer is it depends. <laughs> no, I mean, really, just don't get to 2.12. I mean, go to 2.12 tomorrow for the teapot racing, but don't bo boil your tea. Just wait until the water is just about to burst with excitement. And then it's... Yeah, just before it's ready for it screams. Just before it screams is, is the time to strike. Yes. Perfect. That's the time. It works for almost every team. Because if you're striking when they're screaming, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Touché, Maddie. Touché. Oh, no! 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 Oh, my goodness. Do you know how much water I've had to drink in this panel?
going over and over again like this. And wouldn't that be sad? So thank you all. I hope you had fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And feel free to enjoy our other shows, such as D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition and Scion Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok story. Thank you for listening.